Hi, my name is Kevin McDonald, and I'm declaring my independence. Independence from what? Why, negative thoughts and energy, of course. Chief among them, hate, division, and fear. You see, I know that we're all one, and together we can solve any problem, save our planet and each other. Please, join me as we come together as one and choose a better way to be. So now, let's begin with my independence report. And welcome, everybody, to my independence report. It is Monday, the Monday before Christmas. Oh, yeah. It is a beautiful day. Well, it's, okay, it's raining up here. How's it, how's it in California, young man? It's, um, <clears throat> it's just cold. You know, like I've got, uh, see, one, two, three, four layers on right now. A shirt, two sweaters, and my T-shirt. So, <laughs> so can I ask what the temperature is, though? I was going to say. Oh, um, let me see where, oh, I left my phone. I'll tell you right now. Look it up on, uh, I'll say, what's the weather here? Let's see, weather forecast. Because we were just talking before we got on about our weather, and, and I was saying weather. that we actually have snow, you know, that, that in between rain and snow coming down where it goes flat on the windshield. And uh, so uh, we're down, like, I'm at, like, 37, I think, 35, wow, 36, wow, wow. 37. Gosh, I'm, I'm in tropical. I'm 56. 56 <laughs> and I think as you get older. I think as you get older, you can't stand the cold as much. Yes. You know, that's why everybody moves from Ohio to like Florida and to Arizona. You know, they just, they just, they said they just can't stand the cold anymore. So. Yeah. But then they come back in the, because they can't stand 115 degrees either. Yeah. Or the humidity if in Florida. Of course yeah. it's, it's, it's humid too. Like, like say up in, uh, up in uh, New Ohio York. And to like Florida and to Arizona. So, yeah, yeah. Arizona is just woof. Wait, really hot. <laughs> oh, yeah. yes. Oh, yeah. So, um, I haven't paid attention to what's going on in the rest of the country today as far as the weather or anything, but uh, I know yesterday or something, in some place they were expecting like two feet of snow or something. <clears throat> someplace in the U.S., I don't know. Back east, they had a nor'easter, um, and that may have been the one yesterday, but they, they've been. Yeah, my friend, my friend Tony called me from New York City today, and uh, they were walking in the snow, and then he's getting ready to go to Florida in two days. So he's an interesting character. You know, we're talking about what happens between lives and uh, and things, and uh, he, he he's always been a wild and crazy kind of guy. On the Enneagram, he's a seven, which is an, called the adventurer. So he's always like looking for the new adventure like he'll get all excited about one thing and then something else comes along and he'll drop that go to the next the next and he, he's been kind of home free for about 10 years now and he and his girlfriend have from living in their cars to living down in mexico when i was down there for a while and and he's 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 always on the fringes of everything and uh i did a past life regression for him i did it in my van when i was down towards san diego when they were down there and he had an interesting life and it and it he was, um, you know, I, what I do when I put people in, in trance or they put themselves in trance and I had him, uh, you know, go through a, a, up to the sky, float in the cloud. And I just told him when he, when he 
left the cloud and came down, he'd be standing at another lifetime, another place. And he found himself on a boat in the middle of the ocean. And so uh, in asking him more questions, everybody just called him boy. They say, boy, do this, boy, do that. And he was like the, the house boy on, the, on a big ship, you know, probably uh, like the errand boy or something. And then I had him go to a significant, something else significant that happened to him in that life. And he was swimming. Uh, the boat had, uh, had sunk and a few of them were just struggling to survive. And, he, and another boat came by and picked him up and they didn't speak the same language as him. And he said, like, they don't speak King's English or something. Anyway, he was trapped on there for a, a long time, maybe a couple of years. And they made him clean fish and like they kept him as kind of a slave. And then he escaped from there, had him go to another event and he was where elephants were found out he was in India. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I asked him, I said, well, what's your name or any, anything? And uh, he kept, he kept changing names, you know, and then later on I said, what's your name? And he said, I said, why do you have so many names? And he goes, lots of women, you know, like, <laughs> like he's, he's having to change his name to, to get away from women that he's been with. <laughs> and then I had I him take it it. to the death scene where I said, and what you do in this process where, I'll just say, okay, now what I want you to do is go to the last day of your life and tell me what's happening. He was with a guy that, that had a basket with a cobra in it. And what he did, he was trying to be smart to catch the cobra and the cobra bit him and he died from the cobra. And, <laughs> and that's just like him now in this lifetime. I mean, he's, he just, he'll do that kind of thing. He just go, 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 let's try this and not really think first, you know. So I had him go to his funeral and I, I remember the look on, he's, he's in trance. So his, he grimaces, I go, what's going on? He goes, they just threw me in the river. They just <laughs> threw my body in the river. They didn't bury it, you know? <laughs> so, uh, I, you know, I can't wait to do a life between lives thing with him. Like um, I keep telling him next time he comes to California, which whenever his adventure gets back here again, I wanna do that because he's such an interesting character and he's had such a varied life um, that, you know, he's been like, he's the one I talked about was kidnapped several times in Mexico and, uh, they kidnapped him and his girlfriend, um, what the cartel did down there. I was living down there too, but I stayed away from cartel and everything. I just minded my own business, but he was always, you know, getting in with people. And then he'd be in, he hired a guy uh, to be a translator for him to do some business down there. And then when he was doing the business, the guy holds a, a, a 357 Magnum at him. And the stuff that the Mexican uh, shop owner that bought this stuff from him just stole the stuff from him, said you can't do anything about it. And he couldn't pay the interpreter and he didn't know the interpreter was a, a low guy on the totem pole working for a cartel. So that guy tells the cartel, this guy hired me, didn't pay me. So then they kidnapped Tony and them. And for two weeks, every day, they said they were gonna kill him. They have some pretty bad post-traumatic stress from that, both of them, because they go kind of nuts when we talk about it. But yeah. anyway. Finally, one day, because Tony's a schmoozer, and he talked him out of, uh, you know, uh, one day they had a bunch of prostitutes in there or something, and Tony sees some cards, and he goes, let's play strip poker, you know, and and he's just doing all the stuff, trying to be all colorful, and they, anyway, they finally opened the door one day and said, just get out of here, so they left, and then about three months later, those three guys, those cartel guys there, end up getting their heads cut off by a, a rival, not because of what they did to him, but just a rival cartel uh, people. So those guys went, uh, went bye-bye, but anyway, he's very, he, he's, he's, he's got stories, you know, he's, 
So yeah. why do you suppose it is? This is for both of you guys. Why do you suppose? By the way, that's that's Regan Forston, and that is uh, Natasha Venter. She's a medium. He's a hypnotherapist. And uh, we we're this, the premise of the show is that we are talking about life between lives and what happens on the other side with us and the and and uh, and when we come back and and stuff. But that's a perfect illustration, Regan. What do you suppose it is that makes some of us? want to be adventurers like that and some of us want to sit at home and watch tv um well people that have had multiple past lives they kind of find out that you're a lot of times you're in one life you'll be adventuresome and something in the next life you're a you're a wallflower um i remember the case of um of a uh, of a person who and what you want, you know, came down and wanted to be a writer and explore and learn from the being creative as a writer and everything. And he was born into a rich family. And so much happened in that family that he never could get any writing done because it was always this party and that party and travel and everything. So when he got to the other side and he picked out his new life, he says, I'm not letting that happen to me again because I want to, I want to go down and I want to learn what I can about, about the world and my life through writing, you know, that expression. So he actually picked a uh, he picked a life where he was going to be a, a woman, and at an early age he was going to be crippled, and he, he could actually see what was going to happen. He's going to get run over by a uh, he's going to fall out of a carriage like, and a and another carriage coming by was going to hit him and cripple him. So um, that's exactly what happened. He came into the life and uh, fell out of a carriage. Boom! And so he ended up you know, being in a kind of relatively poor family, but because of his injury that forced him to be in one place, couldn't go anywhere. And he said it was a wonderful life because he got his mission done, which was to write, you know, so no distractions, you know, um, some people and um, Natasha's probably have seen this happen too with people that, um, you know, everybody thinks you want to come back and you want to be rich and you want to be in a gorgeous body and everything like that. But some people purposely pick Mm -hmm. uh, lives where they're, you know, just plain or ugly or something, you know, because it, there's, there's, there's so much um, karma that comes along with being rich and beautiful. It's not always fun and games, you know. Well, so, uh, Natasha, you have said that you have explored some of your past lives. Oh, and, yeah. And that, that you've been a man in a past life. Mm-hmm. I've also been, I've also been a primal when I was in my primal years, you know, like they're kind of coming up where they're kind of wondering if there was people who had wings and kind of a different form of a head and then, you know, kind of the human legs. And I see myself as a human in primalness back then too. So, you know, we're all kind of mixed up of different things. <laughs> so what's it like being a man in a past life, Be being a woman now? It's it's got to it's got to be a bit different, yes. You know, though, when you're there, you're who you are. Yeah. It, it's not like, it, it, and for me, but I think I have a different perspective on this a little bit too, because my dad and I were best friends when I was growing up. So for me and him, you know, we just always talked about male female, like it was just kind of like he was sometimes female, I was sometimes male. You know, it, it wasn't like we were genderish ish even when I was younger, even though I was their daughter, you know what I mean? But, but 
in the sense of that when you're there, you're you who, who you are. So you're not really attached to well, in this lifetime. I'm a female in this lifetime. I know in my soul, it tends to enjoy being more feminine than masculine. So I tend to be have more feminine lifetimes than masculine, but I can picture one where I was like hefty and I was lifting weights and, you know, cause I needed that experience for my soul. My soul asked for that experience of just being very physical. This lifetime, I haven't been able to be very physical because of different um, scenarios that happened in my life that, you know, kind of, I had a next thing and, but yet I really kind of go back to how many past lives did I have my neck cut off or hung or poisoned or, you know, so I'm like in this lifetime kind of dealing with a lot of those to clean that up. And so my neck and my, I don't like have a lot of things that I swallow because I don't want to be that poisoned. Um, oh, what do you want to call it? Similarities you know, are kind of the same. So my throat goes, no, not in this time. <laughs> you know, it's like for even eating vitamins, I have to eat something with it, you know, to get them down because I just, I can't get things down my throat. So, you know, we all kind of have these things that we work through in our past lives. And, and just because we're male, female, or like my, um, like my daughter, who's now binary, you know, she so she's both, you know, and her soul is, you know, and I see her as a twin soul, you know, where she kind of walks kind of in the middle, but she kind of goes more feminine than masculine. Yeah. You know, we all kind of have these things that, and it, I can't tell you it was any worse or any better, you know, because male ha males have their betters and males have their worsters and <laughs> so does female, you know, it's like, you know, we have those things that, you know, males have their strengths, women have their weaknesses, males have their weaknesses female have their strengths. And, and so each one kind of what life I was in kind of fit that gender. Yeah. When I, when I have people on the other side, uh, it's just like what you said, Natasha, in a way, when they're deep in trance and then say I have a woman, all of a sudden she's a man. Most of the time, it's just matter of fact, you know, they're just talking while I'm a man, boom. And it's so, it's interesting. And they're just living that life. I had a, a 10 year old girl uh, maybe I told you that story before, but for people that are new listening to this, it's interesting. She, she um, told her parents when she was three years old that she was stabbed to death in the backseat of a car. And the parents just thought, well, this is weird. They didn't at the time believe in reincarnation or any of that, but she kept that till, you know, every year. And she's a little scared because of that, you know? So um, they brought her to me and I had them in the room with me because she's only 10, of course. Um, and reason we don't like to do past life regression with children sometimes is sometimes you come to a traumatic event and we don't want to traumatize them. And a 10-year-old brain sometimes can't do that. Yeah, I remember we talked about this now because I remember that. But anyway, I was, she went right into trance and just seamlessly all of a sudden she's a man named George in another life. And I'm talking to her, you know, she's, I'm asking her questions. And it was like, it was nothing. You know, here's this 10-year-old girl and all of a sudden she's a man in another lifetime with the wife and kids. Uh, and because she's there and she's experiencing these past memories, it's like she's that person and having that was and she, when her wife died, when George, OK, the girl's name, I'll make up a name, Irene, when Irene in, in another lifetime, she was George. She was married to a woman. And this little 10 year old girl, that you could t when 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 the wife passed away, this little 10 year old girl who's George. And then, gosh, it was like he was going through 
you know, like when you just had your wife die, you know, I mean, it, it, it it's just, just amazing, you know. Um, but like I said last week about the man that I had that um, when I had him go to a significant event, he was, he was a dancer, like a, like a, a harem dancer for, for men in some place. And uh, so his name was uh, Bill, but uh, in this other life, I forget what the name was. We got the name from him. But anyway, he's, he's, he says, well, I'm, I'm, I'm moving around, you know? And he goes, oh my gosh, I had him look at his hands. And he goes, oh my gosh, these are women's hands. And I said, what are you doing or something? He had this long red kind of uh, tight fitting clothes on or something and he's dancing. And I said, then what gave me the clue was I said, so is there other men around? He says, yeah, and they're all looking at me. And he goes, ooh, I know what they're thinking, you know? <laughs> and then I had him go to another significant part in that lifetime. And all of a sudden he's like, Oh my God. And I said, what's happening? He says, I'm having a baby, <laughs> you know? So, um, you know, he, he know now that he had that experience when he came out of it and we're talking about that past life experience, he just kind of laughed. But at the same time, he goes, man, I'm sure glad I'm not a woman and have to have a baby. That was really hard, <laughs> you know? So, you know, we're, you just find when you're over there too, sex, whether you're male or female or androgynous or whatever you are, it's just what you are and what you need at the time. It's like no big deal. You know, we make such a big deal out of it here in our lives here. And we have all this stuff, you know, that's why I think this new gender identification ideation or whatever they're doing now is wonderful because it's just showing that sexualness and who we are, male, female, a combination of both, a certain percentage of each, it's just who we are, you know, like, so what? You know, exactly. everybody should just be who, who they who they need to be, and you know, quit all this, you know, okay. prejudice against. It. So both of you had a question for you. We all three of us. First of all, Regan, you obviously believe in reincarnation, yes? Yeah. And Natasha obviously believes in reincarnation, as do I. Why don't we ever remember what happened before? I'll let Natasha go with that. We're not supposed to. Uh, and, and many of us, like for me, I was, okay, let, let me back up. We are, there's some of us that are supposed to, there's some of us that are connected that way. There's some yeah. of us that have, um, a knowing, uh, you know, that we do, but there's some of us that choose not to, because they kind of want to come into the world innocently. And I'm going to apply this to like a woman who has had a baby and then she decides to miraculously go through it again because she kind of goes into that, yeah, there's a part of her that just kind of goes in the backseat of saying, that wasn't something that I needed to worry about. I don't need to worry about it. You know, that pain kind of, I don't want to say goes away, but it just kind of becomes nullified for lack of a better word. And, and being a woman of, of having two children, I can understand that better than you two in this lifetime, you know? But, but I wanna go back to that because the one thing I do get though, having past lives as, men, as a men, that, um, and me being in the who I am today and recognizing that I can go back to those, that when I have a friend whose male is having a problem I can have sympathy and empathy for him in a different way than a woman who has blinders on and who is not connected to any of their past life. You know, but past lives do tend to sneak up on us. 
uh, kind of like where um, I had, I was sitting in a, um, in a um, auditorium type thing and this one woman heard a noise and she goes, oh God, every time I hear that noise, I just, I just, I don't know why it bothers me. And I told her, well, you know, because it was kind of in this kind of realm of talking, it was in a spiritual uh, conversation we were having. And, and, and I said, because you were on a ship that actually went down and that was the last sounds that you heard. And she goes, oh, because I don't even like water. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so lives do come up. And sometimes when we're supposed to recognize it, it's amazing who the universe puts in our lives to kind of bring out those little gems. Because now, like she says, now I got the understanding. So now it doesn't vibrate in me like it used to. You know, she told me later that it just kind of gave her some ease when she heard that noise that it wasn't something that was happening now it was something that happened then yeah it's a magical thing and that's one of the benefits of for people listening out there of having a past life regression is if you do have something um traumatic going on in your life sometimes you know what happened like you know if something in this if you were like say mugged or something and now you you've got this thing about you know going even going out your front door but sometimes people have that feeling and nothing's even happened to them and mm -hmm. they go, I don't know why, but ever since I'm little, I'm afraid of, I can't go close to the beach, you know, or, you know, uh, or anytime I hear, like you said, a sound or something and I freak out and they go, I don't know why there's no reason for it, you know, but um, when I have people go deep, then I suggest to the subconscious, I'll say, okay, now that you're deep, I'm going to count to three and I want you to take me back to when this all started. And actually, um, Th th that's how this years and years ago, one of the cases that um, that's been written in books about how this research started happening into past lives is the um, psychologist was trying to find out why this man limped. He always limped, but there was nothing wrong with his leg. And he went to the doctor, they did x-rays, nothing. And, the, and so the doctor says, maybe it's psychosomatic. Maybe you should go and get hypnotized and see if something happened in childhood or something. So the psychiatrist, had him go back and back and back and further on he's younger and younger. They, you know, researching his brain and they couldn't find anything in this lifetime. So the, the, the psychologist says, well, just told the subconscious, just go back, when did this happen? And all of a sudden the man in the chair is moving around like, ah, and he goes, what's happening? And he was having a bayonet fight with a soldier and um, like a German soldier. And he got stabbed right in the leg where that, where, right where he's limping all the time. And neither he nor the psychologist believed in past lives or anything. But the man says, oh, my God, it was so real. You know, I mean, here I am fighting. And I was just like I was there. And all of a sudden I get hit right there. Well, um, that's what started the, uh, the research. And it might have been Dr. Weiss, Brian Weiss, maybe. You know, the, he's probably the most known for doing past life regressions. It's one of his stories or someone else that's famous like him. But anyway, a few months later, the man's not limping anymore, you know. So yeah, that's one of the benefits of past life regressions. You get some healing or you can get a bigger viewpoint of like, you know, why are you a certain way? So the, the door is closed. They call it the veil of forgetfulness. Like, and it generally happens right as you come out of the womb and then whoop, the wall goes up, but it's not a hundred percent. So for some people it is others, you know, like a lot of children, until they're four or five years old, they're still kind of connected to the other side, aren't they, Natasha? 
you know, and that's when they, they go, they tell, they talk to mom and dad, they go, well, when I was big before, or when I was a mom and dad, or I have, I have another mommy and daddy or something like that, mm-hmm. you know, and it, they're actually remembering, you know, some of that. And then it seems at a certain point that God or something shuts the door a little more because it's time for them to get on with whatever they need to do in this lifetime, you know. When, so. my, when my son was three, he said to my wife at the time, he said, you know, when I was the mother and you were the son. And so they so it was like, huh, what? But it, but it, little little kids, they they hold on to those memories a lot more. Now, while we're before we go and skip merrily on to a different subject, we do have a, uh, a question from uh, Susan. Uh, is my lifelong issue with food related to a past life or is it a challenge that I planned for this life? Because it's been a big issue going on forever. So I'll have both of our experts weigh in on that. Regan, you first. Okay. Yeah. I'll I'll give you an example. It actually could be either or. And that's why if you go to a therapist, first thing to do is just, just try to, you know, go do the simple thing first and try to explore and find out if there's any per, anything in this lifetime that's kind of um, made you be that way. Uh, case, here's a case history from uh, another uh, therapist I know. This woman had had a, a thing with weight all of her adult life. And she tried every, every. she says, I've, there's a diet out there. I've tried it, I've lost a little weight, I gained it back and more. She says, I'm just about ready to give up. I can't figure out what this is. So the therapist uh, regressed her got her in this relaxed state where you can access this subconscious and told the subconscious to say, okay, one, two, three, I want to take, take her back to where this began. All of a sudden, this woman is in a scene where she's holding the hand of her mother and they're walking down a sidewalk and there's the cement had kind of come up in one place and the little girl tripped and skinned her knee. Well, as she's crying in pain from the knee there, her mother reached down, put a cookie in her mouth and said, this will make it feel better. Well, when it when a kid's just three or four years old, that goes into their mo- their little young brain is like, oh, when I'm feeling and I feel hurt, I put a cookie in my mouth and it's not gonna hurt so bad anymore. And so, generally that's true. It doesn't hurt as, as bad if you have no, a cookie. No, <laughs> and one thing is you're taking your mind off the hurt because you go, oh, I'm having a cookie now, you know? So hey. anyway, she was able to lose weight after that. But sometimes it could be like just say in another lifetime, if you, if you starved, if maybe you were starved to death, you know, maybe you had a family where you died of famine or something. So you come into this lifetime and anytime you have a chance of getting food or eating, you do that because you don't want to go through that process of, of starving yourself to death. So it could be either. So you try one, if that doesn't, if it doesn't work, it's not something in this lifetime, then you try to go back and just, you know, explore, see if it could have started from another lifetime. Natasha, what's your take? Well, knowing Sue, um, because I've done many sessions with her, so um, that I would say that, you know, there's a couple of lifetimes that I'm going back to for her that uh, one is the Egyptian time when she was part of um, the king, she was part of the, the, the lead. And so I see her being fed food a lot. You know, so food was very um, rewarding because, you know, the peasants didn't have food, but the people of money did. And so there was part of that. But also, too, I'm getting that this is part of her her life 
journey dealing with, and I'm just going to say the brother, and and there's some things going on with mother, father, that, that those three things kind of tied into a little bit of the stories of past lives where food was rewarding. And so then with all the negative things that happened for her, that that food was rewarding, but it wasn't the same thing as always eating, um, but it was more the context of is, is that, you know, the body needed protection. So the put on the weight, um, the body needed um, solace. So the food needed to come in, you know, there's that kind of, you know, kind of double-edged sword in a way of past lives, but then this life just kind of um, re-triggered some of that scenario that the body and the metabolism that you chose to come in with didn't help either. Yeah, it's, it's not just a easy, it's not, you know, you have to just, that's why you have to just kind of explore and try this, try that. When, like one of my clients lost 90 pounds after we found out, um, I just, I had her in hypnosis and I started just talking to her um, about why she put on the weight and we figured it, you know, it was because she was abused. She had two, two relationships that were very abusive with men. So subconsciously um, her, you know, she said, you know, I'm just going to make myself ugly. I don't want, cause I don't want men. Cause she was, she was a, a ballet dancer, actually very pretty. And she put on 90 pounds and she said, didn't have trouble with men again that way, you know, and then she got in a relationship where it was safe and she had someone that wasn't abusive to her and everything. She realized that she had put on the weight as a, as a putting distance between her mm -hmm. and, you know, cause it's just like a putting a wall up. Yeah. And when she realized that, then she, and then we got her on a sensible diet and she lost over about three years. She lost the, you know, slowly and whatever. And she's back to, she's back. She's 65 now and she's taken tap dancing classes. You know, I went to a recital and it was so cool to see her up there with a bunch of other seniors. She was the youngest. There were some in their 80s and they were doing a Christmas show. They had like four tap dancing numbers, you know. A, a couple of things I just want to throw in here. One is uh, that uh, um, it can also be um, regional. There, there was a comic on. I don't know if you ever watched uh, um, uh, the. Uh, uh, oh, what's the name of the show? Um it's it's a, 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 a amateurs that that uh, you know Simon Cowell's on it and and Howie Mandel and uh, Star Search. No, it's it's uh, uh, America's Got Talent. Oh yeah, America's Got Talent. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And there was and there was an African comedian, and uh, uh, English was his second language, and uh -huh. uh, but he was he was standing up there and he was telling funny jokes and stuff. And one of them was, you know, in my country. If you are overweight, people look at you and say, where'd you get the food? Because, yeah. because everybody, nobody, there's not enough food there. So if you, so if you feel like you don't have enough food, then you, then that can be it. The other one I wanted to mention was I've seen bunches of bunches of people that have the gastric bypass surgery. Yeah. Lose a ton of weight and then gain it all back. They do. They do. And I, that bothers me. Yeah, you know? because, because it is, it's not the, they haven't done the work. They haven't done the internal work that they, because even when they're skinny, they still feel fat or they feel inadequate or they feel yeah. less than because 
Um, and, and so how would the two of you advocate that somebody um, do the work when they're in the process of losing weight so that they can keep it off? Natasha? Well, I know for me that, you know, I actually, when I had the opposite problem, when I left my ex-husband, I weighed below a hundred pounds because my body at that time had such fast metabolism. I come by it honestly with my family histories and stuff that, um, but the one thing is, is that we all struggle with something about our self image. And part of this is what we walk into with past lives. Some of it is what we were told when we were kids. So for me, I had low self image, even though I had, you know, the body that would, would be okay in, in some standards. And I'm only five foot. So me being heavier does not do my joints well anyways, cause I'm just light bone too. And so with that, that, that my, we have to work on self-love and no matter where we're at. And it's not necessarily that, that, that we have to be perfect or imperfect. It's just that self-love. And so if we can just, no matter where we're at, makeup or no makeup, hair brushed or not brushed, um, 100 pounds or not 100 pounds, be vulnerable enough to be able to look in the mirror. Some of us need to do just a mirror. Some of us need to do a mirror. Some of us can do a mirror, you know, and then some of us can do the full length mirror. But start somewhere and just start looking yourself in the eyes. And you don't even have to say anything. Just start looking yourself in the eyes and really start looking. Because a lot of us put on makeup, but we don't see ourselves. And then if you can, start saying the words, I care about you. You're worthy. You're important. And then if you can add on, I love you. I love you and, and start really looking in the eyes and just, you know, start really seeing and almost, you almost have to look past this to see in the eyes, your eyes almost will go blurry for who you are on the outside. And if you can do that, no matter where you're at, then as you start to lose the weight or start working on the weight or start working on the self image or the self inner image, because I had to do a lot of work on my self inner image that that as we work on that and we start doing that, it's amazing how it doesn't matter really what happens on the outside. We're kind of okay-ish. I wouldn't say that I'm always okay with who I am because there's certain things that, that I like to stay kind of, for lack of a word, better word, that I understand if I put on extra weight, what am I protecting myself from? You know, so I kind of look at those scenarios. If I'm if I'm having a hard time not wearing makeup, why am I having a hard time not wearing makeup? I so I purposely not wear makeup to to be able to work with my image as I am. You know, so there's those things that we kind of find comfort in that we the the working through that and just saying, not enough of us say that I'm worthy, I deserve, I'm okay you're okay. I'm okay. We're okay. You know, it's that, it's that conversation that we have because we're so taught that we're not dot, dot, dot. But you've got to be okay. Exactly. As you are. Exactly. And not, and not live by anybody else's standards. 
not live by that mother in you that says, you know, dear, you're just, you know, you need to lose some weight or the men aren't going to come, you know, and all that. Regan, what do you think? Yeah, it's, it, um, I think we talked about it before and it's the same thing that Natasha was saying. So I'll, I'm going to reiterate her point a little bit. <clears throat> and that's the <clears throat> a basic thing that I do with any of my clients, whether it's for spiritual stuff or whatever, it all comes down to self-love. And um, when we're, when we're spend a lot of our energy in that, like not liking ourselves, being, um, you know, loathing ourselves and, and all and like, oh, I'm so horrible, blah, 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 you know, it, it's just so non-productive. And um, the what I learned now, um, technically about how the mind works. And that's one thing that was great about going to the hypnotherapy school for a couple of years, because they really knew how this all works in here is your, your subconscious in a way doesn't know the difference between fiction and nonfiction or reality and non-reality. It's kind of programmed. And so we've kind of programmed ourselves that when we see that person in the mirror that we've thought bad of, and we go glance in the mirror, we go, Oh, there's a person I don't like, you know, well, you can reverse that. So like doing what she says, if you're looking in the mirror and you stand there, I have my people just says, it's going to feel real silly at first. I says, if you have, just take a shower. When you come out of the shower, you're all naked and look in the mirror. And I said, now you might have to fake it till you make it, but that works mm-hmm. and even faking it till you make it. You just stand there and you try to look yourself as in the eye as much as you can. And you just go, I love you, man. <laughs> oh my God, I feel like I hate to said, you know, people, they get so embarrassed and they laugh just thinking about saying they love themselves which is, isn't that interesting? We should be the person we love the most in the world. And uh, so by doing that exercise, what's happening is if a person was walking by that you loved and you saw them and all of a sudden you get all these warm fuzzies inside and, you know, say it's your, your, your spouse or your significant other and you go, oh man, I love you. But when you look in the mirror, so what that means is every time your partner starts to come by your subconscious identifies that as someone you love so it starts sending the happy hormones in your body because oh there's a person I love well when you look in the mirror and you start with as much as you can and you and it can grow over time as you start doing this every day for a while you look in the mirror and you, oh I love you man well it starts your subconscious starts going wow the last time this was a person we didn't like and now we're saying we like them oh okay and then the, and then the next time the next time subconscious goes I guess we really like this person. Okay. And it starts sending out the good hormones. And pretty soon you look in the mirror, you don't even have to say anything to yourself. You get that little glint in your eye and you just go, wow, you're, you're pretty cool, man. I love you. And it feels real, but it's, you've retrained your reprogrammed your subconscious to be on your side now of this is a person that you love, you know? So whether it's an image in a mirror you see, or someone's right in front of you, that's really there. It's the same thing to the subconscious. You're seeing someone and you're saying you love them and it's going, okay, well, I'll put that hate aside. I guess we're going to start loving this person, you know, so it works. Yeah. Or give them a cookie. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And and I want to add another little twist into this little gadget here that, um, that, you know, many of us say, I want to lose weight. Well, if we lose something, don't we, we usually want to find it again. (laughs) So playing on the words here, I want to relieve myself of this story of having extra weight. You know, I I want to be done having extra weight. You know, change the context 
because the subconscious does hear words that we're saying. Because most of the time we want to find what we lose. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, and that's the thing is, is that, you know, in, in some ways, because of being at the age that I'm at, my body's kind of playing with, you know, my weight a little bit different, but I'm just kind of saying, I want to get in shape where I'm at, which will equal either me shifting my weight or it will equal me feeling better. Either way, I'm good to go. You know, so it is that that dance of of um, being very careful of what we do say to ourselves. Yeah, and, and a lot of it too could, could be just the food that they're eating. I mean, we've been programmed in this society just do the fast food, the fast food, and everything that's unhealthy. And sometimes it's as simple as that. that but but mindfulness, in other words, if you're going to make a change, you have to kind of you know put everything out, make a list. Like I have some of my clients do is make a list of everything that you eat down there. And when they really put it on a list and they look and they go, oh, my God, this is really bad, you know, but they've just been doing it because that's how they've been kind of programmed, you know, like sodas. Oh, my gosh. Some people, you know, we grow up and we've been brainwashed that Coke and Pepsi and all that is just that's what you do. You just drink lots and lots of it. The sugar that's in there and the amount of calories and everything that adds up to a lot of pounds and people go, well, it's just a drink. Well, no, it's it, that's that extra ounce you put on your body every day when you have one of those, you know, and then you start then. When you start educating yourself and you see a Coke or Pepsi and then you you kind of look at it for a minute and you become mindful and you go, oh, should I be doing this? And then you have to you got to do a little work and you got to like like I tell people, I said, well, don't just throw it out all together. If you have three or four Cokes a day, just try having two, you know, mm -hmm. spread them out, you know, put a lot of ice in there and, and make it seem like you're drinking a lot more. So, you know, trick yourself for a little while, kind of wean yourself off of a little bit. And that gives them power. Once they've gone down to two a day, they go, well, I'm still alive. <laughs> I got through two and I feel good about myself. And then, you know, so sometimes it's just simple as that. It's just, you know, bad habits that they have. So I find most of the time it's a combination of things, you know, a combination of what they were, you know, their life experience. It's a combination of what the troubles were in their life, combination of just being brainwashed by society that these are good foods and they're not. So I guess and then, my the gene pool. then we got to add in the gene pool. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's that too, you know? So. Well, I'm curious to know because uh, um, according to my belief structure and, and Regan's as well, and I assume uh, Natasha as well, because of the body that we chose on the other side, uh, before we came down here, we chose the body for a specific reason, for specific purposes. Um, and some of those, that, that's why I believe, honestly, that's why in a lot of cases, people that have that lose a bunch of weight gain it back because that wasn't their body's design and that wasn't what they were meant to be. I'll give you an example. When I was in high school, uh, when I was a senior in high school, I weighed 178 pounds. And uh, according to my pediatrician, I was obese. I was an all-star uh, or a all-conference player on the football team. I played on the baseball team. I played on the, I, I was a wrestler and uh, my body fat was probably 10% or, or less. And, uh, but I weighed 180 pounds. And according to the charts, I was obese. And we feed our kids that kind of stuff and we don't feed them correctly. But, but I, I, I think that, that uh, when we're on the other side and we pick the body that we're going to have, these are some of the, the pitfalls that, that 
we may be working to get rid of. Is that, does that make sense? The experience we want to have or, or to learn how to uh, not do what that body is d designed to do. Yeah. That, that's part of the networking, you know, cause we have, you know, past lives, we have the DNA, we have um, life ex um, experiences we have, you know, so it is part of that networking, you know, cause a lot of times we may think that we want to come in with a more fit, fitter body, but then we have, we get terribly abused when we're children and then our parents try to cover it up by feeding us something, you know, it's like, and that, that circle keeps going around and around and around. And unless we quit that, we're not going to fix it. And so that's why some people gain weight again, but yet at the same time though, we have these scenarios that we kind of sign up for kind of like for me when I was signing up to come in it was like I'm not gonna get poisoned this lifetime I'm gonna be free from getting my neck cut off you know I'm gonna you know but yet at the same time though that actually caused other problems because now it's like I can't eat nuts I can't eat corn I can't you know it's like you know I had a hard time with you know smoothies don't go down my throat you know <laughs> it's like there's certain things that that you know just this don't happen, which is almost a detriment on the other side of that. So you can't you can't swallow a smoothie. I think it doesn't need, go. It, it it really doesn't go down. I no, think I, to, I gag every time. I think you need to hire a hypnotherapist. You know any? <laughs> no, I've been I've been working on it because I know I've known the cause for a lot of years in my life, and I have worked on navigating through it and and. And I'm and I'm to that point where my self-confidence in me, who's controlling who? I always ask that question. Who's controlling who? And my throat has been controlling me for a lot of years. So now it's my turn to have a better health. So I'm working on it. Well, I think what we're saying is, uh, you know, losing weight or whatever our problems are, it's complicated. <laughs> it is complicated. It's and true. what we do, what, what Natasha and I do, is we just try to help you uncomplicate it. Uh, you know, uh, like some might come to me and I, I take a few strands of that complication away and then they do some work themselves. And, uh, and then they go to someone like Natasha that tells them something and then they have a dream that gives them some insight. But um, I think, you know, mindfulness, that's just, a, that's the only term I can think of right now because people understand what that is. It just... It's just, if you're going to have a happy life, you, you want to just, in other words, when you're eating, you want to know you're eating. When you're sleeping, you want to know you're sleeping. You know, when you're feeling bad, you want to know you're feeling bad. You know, just instead of just being zombies and going through life, is it just the fact that you acknowledge to yourself what you're going through and you're going through it is, um, goes a long way to kind of help you to get untangle everything, you know, so in meditation, you know, meditation helps uh, learning to eat right. I mean, as much as I'm preaching it too, I mean, you know, I'm reaching for that chocolate chip cookie every night before I go to bed, you know, but I, I used to have four or five living? cookies and now I'm having one. So what, are you living in the double tree or something? They give you cookies all the time at home. No, I love, <laughs> like I'll just make them. I love those, uh, the, to chuck or, or, or just, uh, you know, the um, hostess uh, cupcakes, you know, or just something chocolate, you know, uh, but, so but I still there, got... there again, though, we are on this life to live. Yeah. And there is a fine line between being healthy and kind of enjoying our sides. And so if, if, you know, if I can, because since I can eat 
anything with nuts, so I'm down to chocolate chips for my chocolate, that um, that me having a handful of chocolate chips is not going to make or break things. But yet, at the same time, I know the difference between having the healthier chocolate chips than a Reese's peanut butter cup. Because if I have a Reese's peanut butter cup, I'm going to want to eat the bag. But if I have my chocolate chips, I'm satisfied with a handful because it has different <laughs> makeup in it. It's yeah. made from a different company. It's made... And so just making different choices sometimes can be that alteration. But I'm going to, because we're coming down on time here. I wanted to say, though, this being the solstice, happy solstice to everyone. Oh, yeah. But oh, yeah. we have a connection of planets together that are setting us up. What kind of life do we want to live? We have a way to rewrite so much of our contract right now if we choose to have a life that we are wanting. Remember, what you say is what you're gonna have. So if you're saying, I'm, I'm overweight, I'm always overweight, I'm overweight, what are you gonna be? Yeah, overweight. Oh God, I ache, I am, what are you gonna be? You know, like I have, I have um, my fingers are starting to ache because I'm eating something that's not right. And instead of saying, oh, I have arthritis coming on, I'm not, I noticed that like this finger's about liver. So I'm kind of taking care of my liver, you know, check in to see why your body is talking to you and you can navigate through things a little bit different. But I want everybody to know that at any point in time, solstice or not, you can write a new contract for moving forward different in your lives. It just takes that moment to say, I want to be done with, and I am going to receive one, one good mindful thing to ask yourself every time you do something is you say, okay, am I doing short-term comfort or long-term gain? In other words, so many times, like, you know, you, you want to lose 30 pounds and, and you're going to go to the gym and lift weights and everything and your body, your subconscious is saying, man, I don't want to get all sweaty today. And I got to, I got to get up. It's an extra hour early and I got to go to the gym and, but and then when you, you know, you sleep in and all that, you know, you're, you're just taking uh, short-term comfort, but you have to really look at if you did go to the gym and you did that, how good you're going to feel about yourself. And the long-term gain is where you really want to be. You know, you want to be healthy and everything. So just to be mindful and, you know, and if you, if you do short-term comfort, you go, oh, okay, but at least, you know, you're making the decision consciously to not go to the gym and, um, and just doing that is going to help you to go for the long-term gain more times than not, because, you know, you can't, you can't play dumb anymore. You're realizing you made the de conscious decision to either, you know, just be comfortable for a little bit or whatever. And we all know that when we do the long-term game, we, that's generally when we feel best about ourselves, you know, because we're making headway somewhere. Well, it's just like some people who have um, dairy, you know, and they go, oh, I feel so terrible. I just had cheese. Well, I always think, well, how am I going to feel after this? Do I want to start it? No, but I've always had that knowing. If I don't want to, if I don't want to end it, why should I start it? You know, so I didn't start smoking because I didn't want to have to quit it. You know, I just, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's just you, things that you choose. Hmm. That's easy for you to say, by the way. I know. I I have there again. I kind of came into this world with knowings, 
And I can't, I don't know why. I just know that I just came into this world with knowings. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, we need to wrap this up. And this is going right. to be our last episode of the year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> look at Natasha, her, her, her face just dropped because you're on the road next Monday. And so <laughs> we've decided we've made the executive decision that we're going to take the next Sunday off or next Monday off. And then our first, our next show will be uh, January 4th, o'clock, yeah. which is a, which is a Monday. So that, that'll take some pressure off of everybody, I think. And uh, so, but let's talk about uh, uh, Regan. First of all, this time, uh, how can somebody reach you, my friends? Okay. I have a website. It's called visit the afterlife.com. Visit the afterlife.com. There's a lot of great videos on there showing people going through the reincarnation uh, past life regression process, um, lots of videos and information. There's a free ebook you can get there. Uh, it's called Reincarnation is Real about all the latest uh, research being done all over the country by a lot of places. I mean, we've basically proven reincarnation. We've got a, between um, the Newton Institute and the Cannon School, Dolores Cannon School, we've done over 100,000 people uh, that have gone to past lives. So we know it's real. You know, to us, we don't even question it anymore. Uh, and if you want to experience that, you can call me. The past life regressions actually could be done on Zoom. Um, now, to go beyond that to a life between lives is where you see yourself pass away and there's an angel or guide there and we have them take you to heaven where you get to ask questions, go before a council, visit loved ones that have passed on. And it's easy to do. Almost anybody can do it. So um, get hold of me on my website. Uh, there's phone numbers on there. If you want to call me, you can. I'll even give you my number now. Some of them might see this a year from now and call me. And as long as long number I'm still alive, I'll answer the phone. But it's uh, 818-926-8401. And uh, thanks for watching today. And tell other people about our show because we just love talking about anything about what happens when you die in the afterlife and why we're here and the meaning of life and stuff. Absolutely. Natasha? I'm a medium, um, personal aware, personal awareness coach, and that when I work through things with you, my intention is always to have the less judgment I can, because obviously, if I've done something in, in a past life or even in this life, why should I judge anyone? So with that, that when I have a session with you, my intention is to help you with what your need is and sometimes i've had people who just say i don't have any questions and the universe just says and they go oh yeah no, i forgot about that <laughs> okay yeah i guess i'm supposed to work on that now you know and i have people who have sent um me emails saying you know i listened to your cd back when i used to do cds and what you said still helps me to this day it helps me keep going on that coax because that's what uh, the guides do, they give me, you know, things to help you through your life. And that's my only wish is to help people get through their life. Cause this life isn't to be meant to be punishing, especially self punishing. And so if we can just get through this life with a little bit more, Oh, okay. That makes life a whole lot easier. So you can reach me at, uh, angelic, clarifications.com or natasha at angelic clarifications.com and i'd like to close with first of all i'm not a medium i'm well done but, uh, 
I thought you were really rare. <laughs> you see, I, I've never met a person like you. I think you're rare. I, got that. I think so too. <laughs> You've never met a person like me. How could that possibly be? In, oh. in any event, but Susan had a comment that I think bears repeating, and that is, I think most, if not all, of our issues have to do with self-love, and it's about our blocking it. And I and I, I refer to it as we're listening to and believing stories that don't exist. Yes. There are stories that people have told us that we have listened to and uh, through magazines and through television and through movies of who, how we're supposed to be, who we're supposed to be, what we're supposed to look like, how we're supposed to behave. And we're telling ourselves stories that don't exist. And what you need to do is to go find your own story. That's, that's, that's my story. Dang it. And, and start I, looking in the mirror to do that. Start looking at yourself in the mirror yeah. to do that. And that's the real, only truth that there really is, is the one that's looking in the mirror. Yep. But if you, if you need to get a really tall one or a really wide one, but get one that you can fit in and, uh, and then be, be proud of yourself. Yeah. Yes. Be proud of who you get are. Any, anything from today. That's just the, I love you exercise. Yeah. So you can do it when nobody's around, you know, just, uh, just start doing it and you will, I'll, de I'll definitely tell you after a few weeks of doing it, you're going to think you're a different person. You know? And I, I even wake up going, I love you. I love you. Thank you for waking up this morning. I love you. I love you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for waking up this morning. Yeah. For some of us, it's more of a surprise than others. <laughs> like, damn, I made it again. Made it again. I'm always grateful when I do, because you never know what tomorrow's going to have. Or the next minute's gonna have. I just, I'm just amazed at what life can do. Yeah. And, and moment, maybe when you wake up, first thing you could say is when you realize you are alive again, is just say, bless this day and those I serve is a good way to start today. That's a great, that's a, that's a great thing to say that again. Yeah. Bless this day and those I serve and realize it's all about doing something for the universe, you know, doing something the, on the plus side. Mm hmm. Oh, that and is. remember, we're in that equation of, of who we serve. <laughs> exactly. It could, if you're by yourself all day, then nurture yourself, you know? Exactly. Especially in this time of COVID, when a lot of us end up, you know, this is going to be, for some of us, is going to be a difficult Christmas because we can't be with loved ones. Yeah. We're going to be isolated a little bit. And just remember that you are love, as Natasha says all the time. Yes. Um, and that uh, take care of yourself. Have have a very Merry Christmas, everybody. Yeah, it, it's or it, whatever you believe in. Have blessings. <laughs> right. Wonderful holiday, whatever you're doing. But just remember, take care of yourself and take care of each other because each other is all we got. All we got. Hey, and thanks for listening to this episode all the way to the end. Hey, pretty cool. Hey, don't forget to follow us so you can receive regular updates and new posts. And remember, take care of each other because each other is all we've got. See you next time on My Independence Report.